Hey, Paul. Yes, sir. Let's pod. Star Trek, our favorite frontier. These are the podcasts of Aaron and Polly. Their ongoing mission to explore all things Trek, to seek out cool things and pick them apart, to boldly complain as no one's complained before. And this is Paul. Welcome back at long last to Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. It has been a little while since little the bit. season finale of Strange New Worlds, right? It's been a little bit. It's been a little bit. But what better time to come back than uh, you know, right here around Star Trek Day. Star Trek Day having been uh, earlier this weekend. It's mm-hmm. very exciting, you know, holiday for the Star Trek fans. And, you know, I had to travel on business earlier this week. And... Uh, at the airport, I was wearing my infamous uh, Star Trek Corps of Engineering shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my Star Trek technical uh, support crew. And so all the ladies, all the ladies loved you. All the ladies. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you'll recall, this is the same shirt that I wore to the cigar shop in Houston, where the guy bought me cigars because he thought my my uh, shirt was so cool. And as I am coming through the TSA checkpoint, the TSA agent, you know, has just got that sort of, you know, half-lidded look on it on his face, you know, everything in the bin, take your shoes off, you already are. And uh, all of a sudden, he, he lights up and he goes, that is the coolest shirt. I That is great. Where do I get that? I mean, it's a pretty cool shirt. That's all I'm saying. And I wear it beautifully. Just <laughs> It looks very good on me, if I do say so myself. <laughs> Ruggedly handsome, not at all stuck up. Not at all. No. So, but yeah, I, I, I always get a kick out of uh, how people respond, uh, you know, to the shirt. And I was when I was checking into the hotel, this guy says, "How's the convention?" And I was taken aback by that because this past weekend I was supposed to be at Galaxy Con in Austin, but having to travel on the weekend for work and also having some. Uh, external family drama you know i wasn't able to go not even a single day and so I, in my head i'm like how does this guy know i was going to galaxy con you know in austin he's a, he's a, maybe he's listening to the podcast here maybe maybe and but there was actually an anime convention happening a couple of hotels over and uh, uh you know and you're like oh no yeah no <laughs> not I, me sorry sorry i'm not a nerd <laughs> <laughs> Huh. That just kind of cracked me up. <laughs> so, yeah, Paul, uh, did you yes. do anything fun or exciting for Star Trek Day? Um, no, no, actually. Well, I, 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 did, I will tell you, Aaron, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be upfront and honest with you. Uh-oh. I did Paul, not watch. Paul is going to be upfront and honest. Upfront and honest with Paul. Um, I did not watch the Star Trek Day thing. Um, the Jerry O'Connell hosted Star Trek Day thing. Uh-huh. I did watch that uh, that short treks. The very short trek. The very short treks, which was uh-huh. painful to watch. Really, you didn't like that? 
<laughs> not at all. I kind of loved it. Oh my god! I was like, oh, it was. It felt like one of those Saturday Night Live skits that went on too long. Uh huh. Like it was funny for like the first two, like minute and a half. Uh huh. But it's like a four minute feature. And mm-hmm. I'm like, eh, you're still going. You're still going with this. Okay. Um, but it, it is, and I was like, and th- and then at one point where there's a character whose whose head is an ass. I was like, wait, is this on the official Star Trek channel or is uh-huh. this like a fan thing? No, no, it's on the official Star Trek YouTube. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it, it was, it was, uh, it was, I, I was not impressed. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, I very much enjoyed the very short track, uh, how to skin a cat. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was funny, and I enjoyed seeing Maress on the bridge. And uh, it took me a second to understand that they had animated Kirk and to not appear as Shatner did in the animated series, but as Paul Wesley does. Because um, I, I, I was just like, he didn't look right. What's going on with him? But Spock is, is you know, pitch perfect. Uh, but I liked it. I liked it. I thought it was fun. <laughs> So, sorry you didn't. Um, How about you, Aaron? How did you celebrate your Star Trek day? Well, like yourself, I, I too, did not see the um, Star Trek day thing with Jerry O'Connell. Oh, wow. Not not for lack of trying. I I was on Paramount Plus and couldn't find it. Um, Oh. And I I have that problem frequently with Paramount Plus where I can't find something. uh, You know, like, for instance, I frequently cannot find the new episodes of... uh, the briefing room with uh, Will Wheaton, uh, oh. but I, I couldn't find it. And I'm sure it'll show up in a day or two, but I couldn't find it last night when I was trying to watch it. Um, but I did, you know, I, like I said, I was traveling for work this week. And, you know, one of the things I love, and you and I have talked about this before, is that hotels now are allowing you to stream content mm-hmm. in the room. So instead of me having to watch something on my iPad, I can either Chromecast it up to the TV or I can, you know, sign in with, with my own credentials and then clear them out later, uh, to, to the TV. So, you know, like watching Prime or something like that. And I watched... Star Trek 2009. Oh. I watched Star Trek Into Darkness. Oh. I watched Star Trek Beyond. Okay. And I watched Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan oh. all this week, you know, in, in my hotel room at night. And uh, I, I got to tell you, you know, I, I really enjoy Star Trek 2009. I think it's a really, really entertaining movie. It is. Um. You really get diminishing returns as that franchise moves on, though. You do. And I got to say, something occurred to me, because I will tell you that I have seen Into Darkness a couple of times, but the scene where Kirk dies, um, I usually have so much noise in my head because of how much I hate that scene. Um, I feel like this was the first time I actually listened to it. And there is a bit of dialogue between Chris Pine as Captain Kirk and Zachary Quinto as Mr. Spock, where Kirk says, I did what you would do. And Spock says, hey, I did the same. You know, they, they both per, you know performed each other's role when the other person wasn't there, essentially is what they're saying. And the movie makes the case that these two characters are interchangeable. That, you know, Kirk can always choose to behave like Spock and perform admirably, and Spock can perform like Kirk and perform admirably. And I think that is where that that whole piece goes off the rails, in addition to the fact they really hadn't earned, the, these characters had not earned uh, the emotional weight of that death scene like, mm-hmm. you know, 20 years of Star Trek had when Spock died in Wrath of Khan. Um 
But I was like, you know, a better ending to this movie would have been true failure that Kirk dies and stays dead, you know, at, at the end of, of 2009, that, you know, Spock then truly has to carry the weight of both Kirk and Spock. Um, and of course, you know, what, what makes that dynamic so interesting in the original Star Trek movies and TV show is that, you know, Kirk, Spock and McCoy were all sort of parts of a whole, right? You had, you know, Kirk as the man of action, you had Spock as the man of intellect, and you had McCoy as the man of heart, right? Yeah. And all three of them make a well-rounded human being. <laughs> um, pulling Kirk out of that of that dynamic, I think would have made for some really interesting storytelling. And I completely understand why they didn't entertain this and why it wasn't done because I bet you in retrospect, they're wishing they had given exactly. Well, and given how expensive Chris Pine is as as a leading actor, right? Um, I, I, I think that that could have been really interesting and a refreshing breath of air Though, you know, if you're pulling out a, an actor from that series, I'd be more inclined to pull out Zachary Quinto than Christopher Pine, because I think Chris Pine really lights up the screen. I think he's he's a real leading man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think that Zachary Quinto it has the charisma of like a Leonard Nimoy. Uh, or even an Ethan Peck, honestly. Yeah, I think no, Ethan Peck actually is a better I, Spock. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. But I do think that that kind of substantial change... Uh, would have reinvigorated this series, uh, and, and it's 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 a shame because you know Star Trek Beyond is just awful. I mean, Chris Pine's doing everything he can to help that movie along, but it's just terrible all the way through. And not that the acting is bad or that that the uh, writing is bad; it's the storytelling is bad, and some of the ideas are bad. And you know, putting Idris Elba, you know, in you know forty pounds of makeup. Um, why you'd hide that man's face is beyond me. Yeah. You know, but I, I will say that, that, you know, watching these movies and then, you know, comparing them to the, to the emotional weight of Wrath of Khan, I was like, you know, they just, they, they had it in 2009. I feel like all of the emotion in 2009 is earned, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the death of, of, uh, Kirk's father, the Spock's the, mom, Spock's mom. And planet. I mean, you feel. And the other few billion people. (laughs) But, you know, you feel all of that in that movie. Whereas, you know, because it's so rote and, you know, it is so uh, derivative of an Mm -hmm. earlier, better work. It's hard to feel that emotion in uh, Into Darkness. Um, and of course, you know, why, why you would hire a, a white as white man to play an Indian man is beyond me. Uh, yeah. I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch as Khan just blows my mind every time. And, you know, well, I don't think they really establish any type of nationality for Khan in the new one. It's not like they say that he's Indian. Uh-huh. 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 Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, look, look at you, whitewashing Star Trek, Paul. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, I didn't whitewash it. I'm just accepting the whitewash. <laughs> yeah, I, I can bitch about these movies all the time, but I, I just kind of had that revelation that they were making the case in Star Trek 
uh, Into Darkness that the characters are interchangeable. And I think that's part of the fundamental issue I have with the JJ verse is that those characters are not interchangeable. They each serve a role. And that's the, that's what, why the original series and the movies work is that each one of them has a distinct function in the storytelling. And uh, you can't just say, no, no, we can all do everything. Yeah. You know, anyway, I, I just that, that was that was my Star Trek Day revelation uh, this week as I was as I was pondering those movies. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I do. It's, uh, you know, at some point in the future, I think we we may revisit or, or, well, you just recently saw them. Mm-hmm. So I think we maybe this is the conversation where, you know, in a few years, <laughs> when, we're, when we're tied on content, we can revisit these movies because I haven't seen them in a while. Um, you know, I got to say, 2009 is a regular re- rewatch for me. Uh, yeah, I would say for, for, well, I shouldn't say regular for me, but I do see it every few years. Yeah. The rest of them, not so much. Yeah. I just, I really, I mean, I, it's not my preferred Star Trek, but I think it's a highly enjoyable movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I think they, they lost sight of why that movie worked uh, when they made the, the two follow-ups to it. Yeah, but I do think that's a little bit of, unfortunately, I have to put that on J.J. You know, oh, no, I, I agree. I am a big fan of J.J., but at some point right around 2009, J.J. decided excess was the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and every once in a while, he'll pull back like, the the force awakens i think is also an excellent film jj does first movies great uh-huh. yeah um, not so much the second and third not so much the second and third <laughs> right yeah. uh cuz you know rise of skywalker has the same has the same like cluster uh, like we're going to throw everything at it mm-hmm. and force the you know force the emotion um and it it just doesn't work out after a certain point yeah no i i agree i agree with your assessment there i i think that uh i think the, uh, the problems that you see in trek into darkness and beyond uh are similar problems that the star wars franchise enjoyed in in their jj movies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's sad. I mean, I I think there are still good Star Trek movies to be made. Uh, I don't know that we're ever going to see another uh, JJ cast again. I don't know that we should. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I think it's time to to well, revisit you know that 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 concept and say maybe we need to move along. Well, I think Zoe Saldana is uh, tired of doing uh, franchise films. Yeah, you well, know, she like, says that, but the paychecks are nice. I'm sure, but you know, she having been in so many you know, extremely profitable films. Uh, I imagine that she is not nearly as driven by paycheck as she, as she has been previously. Right. Yeah. Uh, I would imagine that she, 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 you know, you're really going to have to, you know, give me something uh, to make me want to come back to that though. She doesn't have to wear the makeup. I mean, I understand why she quit Marvel because she's got to put on, you know, all the, all the green makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, she doesn't have to do that for Uhura. True. True. Uh, anywho, well, Paul, you want to talk about some Star Trek comics? You know, speaking of things with emotional weight, this was a very emotional week in Star Trek comics. Were you emotional, Paul? Did you cry? I didn't. I didn't. But I, <laughs> but I understood. But there was an emotional moment. I mean, not for me, but for some of the, some of the characters. Well, I don't know. I mean, I was my emotion was one of surprise. Uh huh. Um, so you know, we are continuing the Day of Blood. I think at this point we are four out of five issues into the Day of Blood storyline, um, and something pretty major, but. Also, not continuity breaking mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because it hasn't really been discussed anywhere else in you know yeah in in canon happens in the fourth issue of uh, of this day of blood. Yeah, uh, that was uh, that was uh, I mean 
it begs the question if it sticks going into the next issue, right? It does beg the question if it sticks going to the next issue. And spoilers, uh, Kalis winds up killing Alexander uh, while he is in a duel, a Batleth duel with his father. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, you, you get the... The whole, you know, Worf throwing his head back, yowling at the heavens to alert the warriors that, to, to alert the heavens that another warrior is entering Stovokor. Uh, but, uh, you know, Kalis, <laughs> who has demonstrated that he has no honor, um, stabs Alexander in the back while he is otherwise occupied. While he's, you know, while Alexander is having this, uh, you know, coming to, to the realization, right? right? You know, Worf is, Worf and his son are battling because Alexander has gone down the path of the red, right? The red, the red path, Um, you know, and, and and Worf is, is trying to reason with him and and he finally breaks through and it's at that moment that Kalos stabs him through. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I thought it was a really well written scene and well yeah, drawn. I do too. Um, in fact, I will say that these last two books, um, Def- uh, Star Trek Defiant number seven and uh, Star Trek uh, number eleven, were both excellently told stories, both visually and narratively. I would um, agree. I really feel like Chris Cantwell's hit his stride, mm-hmm. uh, despite what we regarded as some some uh, couple of missteps early on. But I, I really think this is landing. I agree. I think, you know, this day of blood, you know, both books had first arcs that I wasn't necessarily a fan of. Yeah. Um, but I find that, yeah, that this arc, you know, this specific crossover storyline is really, really working for me. Um, I think, sadly, the weak link in the storyline is Cisco. I agree, uh, which is surprising to me because I was I was so very much looking forward to a Cisco story, mm-hmm. and I I have not enjoyed him at all uh, or very little in this story. But I'm well, enjoying. I understand every- that this is more Worf than anybody else. I yeah. get that that this is Worf's story, mm-hmm. but the, but you know they also have this ensemble of characters that are all getting their moments to shine. Yeah, except- but the moments they're doing for Cisco are not working yeah. for me. In fact, in the in the earlier issue of Star Trek, uh, number 11, I believe, um, there is a terrific scene between Beverly Crusher and Sela, you know, yeah. uh, uh, oh, Tasha, yeah. Tasha Yar's uh, Romulan daughter. I love the interchange between them. And I mean, Beverly Crusher just calls her on her bullshit. She goes, you know, at first I thought I could see her in you, your mother, a little bit in your eyes, your hair. It breaks my heart that those similarities are only skin deep. Tasha never stopped fighting. She was an avalanche of force, the kind of woman who could move mountains. And, uh... Beverly wants and then to, smacks her, smacks, smacks the living her. shit out of her. Yes, because <laughs> <laughs> you know, Sela pops off with, "You never knew my mother, a woman so so scared she fell on her back to save her own." Whap. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think that the characters are getting really nice moments. And while I would not have chosen some of the points that Ro Laren makes uh, in the story between her and Sato, um, I, uh, I I did. I, I am very much enjoying all these character moments, again, with the exception of uh, Cisco. And I got to tell you, the 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 drama has really heightened, you know, up to and including the apparent murder of Alexander. Um, I'm eager to see how this wraps up. 
Me too. You know, the data and lore thing. Like, there's so much. There's, there's, I will say, there is nonstop good stuff in this book. I just, you know, I, I was very, for, for what it's worth, the thing that excited me most when they announced these books was the return of Cisco yeah. and how they were going to bring that character back into, you know, quote unquote canon. You know, comics are canon until they're not. Um, but I just. You know, they've had some good moments. They've had some bad moments. This is not a highlight, unfortunately. Yeah. So but this is the part of the podcast, Paul, where you explain to me what a Kid Cootie is. So Kid Cootie. Am I pronouncing the name right? Yes, you are, actually. I know I know it. It looks well, like Cuddy, but. Well, know. to be fair, I'm saying yes, but I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> um, it, it, I, I think, I don't know. Anyway. Um, no, it's Cuddy. Kid Cuddy. Excuse okay. me. Okay. Um, so Kid Cuddy is, um, he is a rapper. He's a singer, songwriter, producer, um, actor, fashion designer. Um, he, I've, I've actually, you know, I'm not 100% familiar with his music, though he has been around for a while. He's been around since the early 2000s. Um, and apparently very popular. Just somehow I missed the boat on it. Um, but that being said, I am familiar with him mostly because he has been in a few movies I've seen. Okay. Um, he is in that movie X, that horror movie X. Um, oh, I don't recall I him in that. Yeah, I saw that. I don't recall. Yeah. I don't recall. He, him he in was that. the naked, the naked guy. Oh yeah, okay. I remember that. I remember <laughs> the naked yeah. guy. Yeah, he, he's he's memorable. Um, in that film. But no, I mean, I I, I think uh, I I really enjoyed him in that film. I apparently apparently he's very talented. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just you know that that's where my unfortunately that's where my familiarity with him ends. But gotcha. Yes, he's 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 a very popular singer songwriter actor. Huh. He's been in a bunch of movies. So even though X is the one I'm referring to, um, he was he's been in in more movies than that. Interesting. Well, apparently he is involved with Star Trek now. In fact, the uh, article that that I see here on Trek Movie says Star Trek and Scott Mascuti. Uh, I, I, it amuses me that there's a rapper whose name is Scott. <laughs> uh, better known by his stage name, Kid Cootie, Cuddy, have joined forces. Um, this collaboration, they say, reflects the optimistic and inclusive spirit of adventure, discovery, imagination, and most importantly, hope at the heart of this of the cultural phenomenon. So, uh, I'm not exactly sure what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's very vague. Yeah, but he does have an original song inspired by Star Trek, uh, providing a u- unique lens on music, apparently. Uh, there will also be an interactive gaming component and a bold fashion collaboration launching this October. Additional details will be announced at a later date, but he, he but here is a teaser video released on Star Trek Day. So I have not watched the video, but apparently there's a teaser video of it. Okay. So, anyway, okay. Um, hey, get, you know, anything that, that gets Star Trek more, you know, because at this point, we're, we're preaching to the choir when it comes to Star Trek. <laughs> sure. um, so, you know, anything that gets Star Trek more mainstream, that brings in a new audience, you know, I know that for what it's worth, not to not to get too, too down a rabbit hole here, you know, I know there are people who feel like Star Trek's gone too woke and too diverse and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And I would say that those things have been there since day one. Since Uh day one. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, you know, anything that that brings in a more modern audience um, in a way that Star Trek brought in a a, a new audience back then, right, with the diversity in the 60s in a way that Mm -hmm. that other television shows didn't have, um, I'm all for it. 
you know, that's part of the nature of, of the, the program. Uh, speaking of which, um, do you remember that, uh, uh, I think it was a History Channel documentary that was out last year, The Center Seat? Yes. It's now streaming on Prime. Oh, really? Yeah. I'll have to check it out, because I think when it came out, it was only streaming on, like, I don't know, some, some like, random streaming program for, like, I don't know, like, AMC Plus or whatever station it, it I think it was on, like, History Channel Plus yeah, or something. Yeah, that's what it was. It was, like, History Plus. Yeah, but it was a, it was a subscription service, and I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I've got enough of those. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, so I recall watching, like, the first two episodes, I think. Um, when it was on cable at the time, uh, that was back when I had cable. That tells you how long ago this was. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it's now streaming on prime. So I've been watching it. And I mean, you know, to your point, Paul, I mean, they make the case right there in the first episode about the first pilot about how quote air quotes woke Star Trek was from the jump in that, you know, they cast a woman as the second in command. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean that, and that was not something you did back in those days. In fact, NBC had a real problem with it, you know, and, uh, had to make, had to make the change. Um, I, I just, I, I think that people see what they want to see. Yeah. And, people you know, take away what they want. Yeah. Like people take away what they want to take away. Right. It, you know, it's, yeah. it's one of those things that, um, you know, they, the, the characters that they may identify with, you know, maybe, you know, the, but they, they missed the, the overall point. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I, I've started watching the center seat again. It's good. I recommend yeah, it. Let's check it Big out. Thumbs up. Well, Paul, I think we have to talk about what we are gathered here to talk about, uh, which is, uh, the return. Life. What was that? This thing called life. This thing called life. Yeah. Uh, electric word life means forever. And that's a mighty long time, but I'm here to tell you, Paul, there's <laughs> something else. The afterlife. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, so Lower Decks debuted this week in alignment with Star Trek Day, and yes. uh, I thought that was a nice way to kick off Star Trek Day, was to have yourself a little Lower Decks, um, and they dropped two episodes, and if you are listening to our Star Wars with Aaron and Polly podcast, which you really should do, and go and subscribe to that feed, uh, I get a little concerned anytime we drop two episodes of anything at the same time. Yes. And, you know, I was pleasantly surprised when Star Wars with Aaron, when Ahsoka dropped two episodes. That's what we should have done, Paul. We should have dropped two episodes of Star Wars with Aaron and Polly at the same time. Because that first you know, episode, we, we, really can. we can so just good. cut this into two. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, uh, the, you know, Star uh, Ahsoka uh, dropped two episodes and they were fantastic. And I am happy to say I feel very much the same about these first two episodes of Lower Decks. Though I, 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 it concerns me why, or not concerns me, I, it makes me curious why Paramount Plus would sacrifice a week's worth of programming when they've only got ten of these episodes and a yeah, very limited, thing, yeah. a very limited runway on new content in the strike. Um, I, I just, I, I find it interesting that they would that they would blow a week. Um, I agree. I mean, to your point, there's no, you know, it's not like they're, they can still make animation. Right. But I mean, that's, you know, that's, we're still a year away, right? Right. From probably anything from Lower Deck Season 5. So yeah, the fact that they are, um, you know, wasting mm -hmm. a week worth of, of new content to Paramount Plus mm -hmm. seems a little short-sighted, especially unnecessarily. This is Season 4. Right. Y you don't need to drop two episodes at the same time, regardless of it being Star Trek Day. It's not like... 
here's the thing. I get it in certain situations where there's like maybe a big convention and both, you know, and they're showing an episode or, or both episodes at the convention or some type of special event. And you, to avoid spoilers, you want to release those things at the same time. Sure. Um, but that's not the situation they had here. They yeah. really could have just dropped that season premiere, which I will tell you of the two episodes is far and away the better one. I like both episodes. Is that what you're saying? I Tuvix. Tuvix, Tuvix. Yeah. I thought Tuvix was I, I think it's one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. Uh, at, at, ever of uh, Lower Decks. I uh, I I loved how how much it leaned into Voyager, how much it gave Voyager shit. Yeah. Well, t- it not only gave Voyager shit, was very blunt <laughs> about uh-huh. about the the Tuvix episode in uh-huh. Voyager. Oh yeah. And had all the deep cuts. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, reference their deep cuts. Like, this is a super deep cut. <laughs> well, and the the whole. Does, does she realize that uh, Janeway straight up murdered Tuvix? <laughs> I loved it. I love that they they just came right out and said she straight up murdered Tuvix. Yeah, which is, I mean, it just sounded very much like the conversation you and I had not too long ago. I yeah. was just cracking up. Uh, I, I and I loved. I mean, Lower Decks does that thing that I, I find so entertaining. It's telling real Star Trek stories but has a, a, just a terrific sense of humor about it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's a little bit of ludicrous to it uh, because it's animation, but it all works. And I mean, you, you can easily call this stuff canon because uh, there's nothing really here that that um, disrupts uh, the reality established by Star Trek. I, I, this show just cracks me up. Uh, and I love seeing... Our other like when uh, they had the crossover with Strange New Worlds, I loved seeing the Strange New Worlds Enterprise animated. Yeah, it was so much fun seeing Voyager animated. Yeah, and and I get a real kick out of how big a fans the characters in Lower Decks are, you know, of the other Star Trek captains. And so you know, uh, uh, suddenly drawing a blank on Tawny Newsom's character. Uh, Mariner. Mariner, yeah, uh, she uh, her, her freaking out when she sees that it's you know it's going to be a Voyager episode. Uh, I just I, I got a real got a real kick out of that. Yeah, I thought it was great. I mean, I, I now I am um, out of all the Star Treks. Uh-huh. I shouldn't say that. I mean, I was about to say Voyager is probably the one I'm least familiar with, but mm-hmm. I also I also don't have a ton of familiarity with Enterprise beyond like season premieres and season finales. And, and nor should you. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but the season premieres and season finales on those have been were great. Um, it's everything in between that was probably that's right. right. That's right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have a, 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 enough. But like they they made some super deep cut references on Voyager, and uh-huh. as someone who has seen all the Voyager episodes, how how did that strike you? And how how did this love letter I, Voyager strike you? Now, first off, I, I have to to say I really like Star Trek Voyager. In fact, I think I like it better now than I did when it was airing. Um, I completed a rewatch of. Voyager within the last year, 18 months. And uh, I just really appreciate the storytelling there because there's a lot of out of the box stuff that Voyager did that none of the other shows attempted. Um, and I, I would point to year in hell uh, as a, as a good example of that. And, you know, a lot of the alternate timeline stories they told um, I just, I really very much enjoyed Voyager. And so the, the love letter, essentially, that was written to Voyager in this episode and was very candid in its sense of humor about it. 
You know, like, ah, you know, it's it's a crazy solution, just like they'd have on Voyager. You know, yeah. Uh, I, I I just I thought it was great. I thought it was great. I love seeing uh, the uh, uh, return of Doctor Chaotica. Um, I, that was a lot of fun, and the the character, the clown guy, who was played by. Um, Oh, he played he played Lenny in uh, Laverne and Shirley, and he was on Better Call Saul. I can't remember his name, but anyway, uh, that character of his in Voyager was creepy as all get out, and I loved seeing him as one of the holodeck villains in this thing. Michael McKean? Yes, Michael McKean. <laughs> A McKean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, I, I thought I thought that was that was really well used. Because uh, that guy was creepy <laughs> in a really stupid episode, but the the you couldn't fault the acting because he was yeah. one creepy motherfucker. But, but it's funny how they just—I mean—they they they know what the fans will will latch on to, uh-huh. right? Whether it was especially if it was stupid the first time, right? Like right. the cheese thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, and, you know, I think it really speaks to what big of fans the writers are, because you can't get that kind of a deep cut unless you are a fan, right? Yeah. You know, you have watched more than a handful of episodes of Star Trek Voyager. You understand the cadence and the relevance of all of that stuff. I mean, it only could have been better if they had made some, uh, you know, Chakotay jokes about some of his Indian stuff, because the Indian facts were made up for Voyager. Uh, yeah. They, they had a, uh, a, 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 a quote, Native American consultant on the show who wasn't really Native American and just made shit up uh, <laughs> <laughs> that they didn't find out until later on when it was already sort of embedded in the show. Uh, I would I would have liked some, some remarks about that. But no, I, I thought I thought Tuvix was great. And I'm sorry you did not enjoy I Have No Bones. Oh, no, no, no. I, I let me clarify. F- I enjoyed both. Two okay. Vicks was the better episode. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. I, I can accept yeah, no, that. I, I, because I absolutely enjoyed both. And I thought, you know, I have no bones and I must flee was a lot of fun. Yeah. But Two Vicks was. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. And it was placed well for a premiere. Um, I very much enjoyed, in fact, Breakout Star of uh, I Have No Bones Yet I Must Flee is Moopsie. Moopsie. I'm just Moopsie. saying. <laughs> Moopsie. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed Moopsie. And I enjoyed all the references to, you know, humans just get snatched up in menageries all the time. Happens all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know that I've got a lot to say about that episode other than that I just I thought it was was really funny. Um, I I was amused by the drama between, you know, Mariner and uh, uh, Commander Jack. Yeah, I got the Jack part. I can't remember those last name. I'm terrible at this first thing in the morning. <laughs> but uh, you know the 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 dynamic going on between the two of them, where she thinks he's Ransom. setting her up to fail. Sorry. Yeah, thank you, Jack Ransom. Jack Ransom. Uh, I, I thought that was great. Uh, and but I was I, I will f- say that I found the storyline with Rutherford uh, trying to earn his uh, uh, Lieutenant JG promotion so that he could you know uh, you know be on the same career path as his friends. Mm-hmm. Found that a little tedious. Yeah, uh, I did too. But you know, it was I, I get it. It was their B story, and it yeah. just was it, it didn't connect as much as the the main story. But it yeah. was the, the it was resolution fine. of it was pretty funny. Yeah, it was fine, uh, but it did not. 
other than when Tendi gives him his order at the end, uh, which I, I really very much enjoyed. Uh, you know, I, I thought the 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 rest of that storyline was a bit tedious. Though yeah. I do like the villain that they're setting up with Livic. 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 Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I also wonder, you know, because they're one of the interesting things they're doing in these episodes is they're also setting up a big bad, right? Um, Who know, is little... pretty for lower decks is pretty big and bad. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they have taken out a Klingon ship and a Romulan ship. Uh huh. Which how, how about that Romulan cold open um, I, 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 for lower decks? I, I, thought, I thought that was pretty hilarious. Yeah, you know, trying to like Remen juice never comes out. <laughs> and they're like, I was planning on betraying him. Uh huh. <laughs> well, and I, I loved the 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 Klingon uh, ending to the prior episode mm-hmm. where the the two lower deck Klingons. And so that's kind of what we're seeing. We're seeing what the lower decks look like on the other, you know, government, other nation, uh, national ships. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you had the Klingon lower decks where they're both planning on killing the captain yeah. uh, <laughs> because, you know, he has no honor. And, uh, you know, then they get destroyed by, you know, this new uh, alien presence. And then, you know, you see a, something similar on the Romulan ship where they're going to betray the captain uh, and, uh, or I should say, you know, commander. Um so I'm going to guess we're going to see a Cardassian ship maybe next time. Yeah, I would think so. But, uh, you know, I mean, here's the thing for what it's worth. It feels like it's very obvious that the villain is that, um, that little AI thing. Badgie? Badgie. No, the, well, no, not Badgie. I was thinking. Oh, you're other. talking about the, the, uh, the one that got locked up at like section 31 or something with all the other, uh, yeah, bad and AIs. fell in love yeah. with, and, you know, had the relationship yeah. with the girl or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. That didn't seem as obvious to me. I don't know. It feels like that's what they're setting up there. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I very much enjoyed it. I like how they're they're setting up a big bad early in the season. Uh, I I I just I think this this is the most consistently written high quality Star Trek show uh, of the new line of Star Trek shows of modern Star Trek. Agreed. Uh, while I very much enjoy Strange New Worlds, uh, it is not nearly as consistent in its quality uh, and not nearly as efficient in its storytelling. And that's the thing that I find kind of amazing about the Star Trek animation both in Lower Decks and in the original animated series, is how efficient the storytelling is within that half-hour slot. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, that they can compress everything that you would see in a regular Star Trek episode and hit all those story beats, tell real science fiction, and it's in such a short span of time. Yeah. Um, And, you know... I think that uh, there is something about animation that requires you to be more efficient in your storytelling. You can't just figure it out on the on the stage, right? You, you've got to have a you have to have a well honed script before it goes to production. I think that's got a, a big piece of it. Um, I wish that some of the other Star Trek was as competently written. Yeah, agreed. And it's but, I mean it feels like Star Trek. That's the thing. It's it not does. Just I mean, it feels like Star Trek. This wouldn't work if it was just an Adult Swim episode, right? Yeah. Um, it, 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 it works because it's faithful to Star Trek. It honors Star Trek while also, you know, taking a poke at it. 
Um, and I love that we're laughing at ourselves, and I, and, I, and I love that the people that we're watching in the show are as big of fans as we are. And I'm not talking about the actors. I'm talking about the characters. The yeah. characters are as big a fan of Star Trek as we are. Uh, and I think that's what really works about it, because there's so much excitement and enthusiasm on the part of the characters. Yep, agreed. Yeah. And just before we wrap up, the, the character I was referring to, the little AI thing, is Peanut Hamper. Oh, yeah, Peanut Hamper. Yeah, maybe I feel you like it's right. Peanut Hamper. Okay, the, you know, the last time I thought I you were Peanut talking Hamper, about the locked. I thought you were talking about the Jeffrey Combs voiced AI. But yeah, you well, might be that, right. Remember, they, they were locked up together in yeah. the Days Institute. Yeah, you might be right. So it, might, it could be Peanut I feel Hamper. It might be a combination of both. Yeah. Well, uh, before we do our make our closing remarks, I wanted to share with you, Paul, a couple oh. of things that I have watched uh, that aren't Star Trek related. Oh. Um, I saw. The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Ooh. Have, have I would, I'm it? very interested in seeing that. I have not yet seen it. I really liked it. It's not, It's not. Don't get me wrong. It is not the best horror movie you've ever seen. But it was very entertaining. And I liked how it, the approach it took. Um, I, I, I do really recommend if you like Dracula, if you like horror. Uh, and also, if you like period dramas, because, you know, it's a 19th century setting. Um, I, I, I highly recommend Last Voyage of the Demeter. Um, yeah, I would very much like to see it. I just have not yet had a chance. And last night I watched Strays. Oh, you did? <laughs> and how was that? Um, I would say the joke density is not what I expected. I expected it to be one of those relentlessly funny films. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, it's very funny. It is also highly crass. Uh, there's a lot of poop humor in it. Uh, yeah, and I, 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 having the most weakest stomach on the planet, uh, that is my superpower. I can, I can vomit at it on cue, Paul, <laughs> you know, uh, but, uh, so it was a little hard for me in places, but it is really funny. Uh, I, I did enjoy it a great deal. So. You know, there is a movie on Paramount Plus that I need to check out, Aaron, cause it's, it's a, I think it's a Paramount Plus original and I had forgotten it came out. Um, it is a horror movie set on the Oregon Trail. Hmm. It is it called, called Oregon Trail. <laughs> I'm never going to remember that, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> the Oregon Trail. Huh. Uh, a ruthless band of bloodthirsty bandits terrorizes a family on the treacherous Oregon Trail and challenges one woman's will to survive. Um, which doesn't sound like a horror film, but you know, with, a, with being called Oregon Trail... I feel like I think I think it's like a humorous horror film, right? Um, so I'm, I'm, I would like to check it out. It's on Paramount Plus right now, people. I will check that out. Um, and also related to uh, Paramount Plus, I uh, finished Special Ops Lioness this week, a Taylor uh-huh. Sheridan production. You know, because this is a uh, Jellystone adjacent podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, I I finished that. I really liked it, featuring uh, Lieutenant Uhura herself. Zoe Saldana. I do need to watch it. I have it's not yet watched it. I haven't. I also haven't seen the second season of uh, Mayor of Kingstown. I, I think I've not finished the second season of Mayor of Kingstown. I'll get around to them. I think you know, it's one of those things that I'm like, I don't want to, you know, with with what happened to Jeremy Renner, I'm like, well, we'll never see season three. Yeah. But it sounds like season three is is coming. Yeah. Um, once the the SAG strike is ended, so. Yeah. Well, the SAG strike came at a good time. It gave him Jeremy Renner some time to heal up. Yeah, exactly. You know, get off that cane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? I'm glad to see, so, see he's doing well. He is doing well. I've I've seen him on uh, a talk show and he looked pretty good. All right. You know, he's, you know, everybody looks better than Mark Hamill. 
uh, <laughs> after Mark Hamill's incident. You know? Yes. <laughs> Everybody looks better. And it's got to piss Mark Hamill off, right? Yeah. I mean, huh. Hey, I didn't get run over by a tractor. Why does Jeremy Renner get to look better? Yeah, <laughs> it's be like that. Well, hey, we want to know what you think of Mark Hamill. Uh, we want to know what you think about Lower Decks and all the Star Trek things. Give us this shout at Star Trek at IOMGeek.com. And if we use your comment in a future episode, you could win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. You can also hit us up on social media, IOMGeek on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And just a reminder, guys, we're not going to land every week with a Lower Decks episode, but we will be checking in periodically during the season. So, uh, you know, just kind of be on the lookout for the next thing. And if you if you want to stay busy with Aaron and Polly, be sure and check out Star Wars with Aaron and Polly. And, and you can listen to that on, you can, uh, on your favorite podcast provider. Either it'll be on the Funny Books with Aaron and Polly feed or... Or it has its own specific Star Wars with Aaron and Polly feed. Right. So check it be, out. Be sure to like, subscribe, go out there and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That really does help. And I need you to go rate all the things. So go ahead and you know give Star Trek with Aaron and Polly your five stars. Give Star Wars with Aaron and Polly your five stars. Give Funny Books with Aaron and Polly your five stars. And coming soon, your morning head. Ooh. It's all very exciting, Paul. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. All right. We will uh, do this again next time. Absolutely. All right, folks. We'll Bye see guys. you soon. Star Trek with Aaron and Polly is a production of IOMGeek.com. Have a question or comment? Hailing frequencies are open at 972-763-5903. Tribble wrangling provided by Triskelion Trays. No troublesome tribbles. Mr. Aponte's wardrobe provided courtesy of Garrick's Clothiers, conveniently located on the promenade. 